This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's Morning Bible Studies. Good to be with y'all this morning. We're in Genesis chapter four, and we're dealing with we're dealing with uh, uh, Cain and Abel. And God's dealing with them as far as their sacrifice and as far as the things that they dealt with and the things that they were talking about as far as their sacrifice. And uh, in verse six, we see that God says to, to Cain, so the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why are you, why is your countenance fallen? And oftentimes that's, um, that's what happens when, you know, we're, we're watching and we're listening and we're studying and we all of a sudden decide we're going to do our own thing. We're going to do it our own way. We're going to worship God our own way. We're going to chase after him in the way we want to do it. And we're not going to approach him in the way he has prescribed. And remember, it's not because God's selfish and he wants you to do it his way. He's wanting you to do it his way because his way is the way that works the very best for you. If Cain had brought a sacrifice, an atoning sacrifice, a blood offering, a sacrifice that first deals with sin and then brought a fellowship offering, he'd have done it the right way. He'd have done it in a way that was a way that God would want him to do it. He would have done it in a way that would have put him, his heart and his mind in the right position. He would have been doing it in a way that focused him in the right direction. He says, but it says, but that's not, that's not what he did. He did it his, he did it his own way. He did it, he did it under his own direction and he did it with his own power. And, and because of that, God did not look upon it. He did not receive it. He did not properly, he did not, he did not accept it. So many times we want to act like God just takes whatever we give him. He does, but you got to remember that does not unleash the blessing. You cannot trust God, but you also are not going to get his kingdom's power. You cannot give to God, but you're not going to get his blessing in your finances. You cannot, you cannot serve God, but you're not going to see his hand at work in the world that you live in. We can choose to do things that are not according to his plan and his purpose in our lives. But if we do those things and we're not doing them according to his plan and purpose in his life, and then we don't receive the things that we want or the things that we understand that God's prepared to, to give us when we're serving him. If we do that and don't get it, then all of a sudden we act like we act God has done something wrong. We act like that that uh, things are somehow <clears throat> not according to uh, the way they ought to be. And that's the way Cain felt. Cain had his lip poked out. He had his head fallen. He says, and God said, if you do well, meaning if you do it right, if you do rightly, he says, righteousness, remember, has to do with faith. And and I focused in on that last week and I discussed a little bit last night after church, after Bible study with a few people. Faith has to be engaged, but two things must happen before faith is engaged. God's got to speak from his word and we got to receive that what he said. And then 
you trust in what he's told you, and then you act. It's, a, it's really a four-part process. God speaks. You hear it and receive it. You believe it, or you faith it, or you trust it. That's the idea of faith. And then <clears throat> you act upon it. And if you don't hear it, if you don't believe it or trust it, if you don't believe it and trust it, how can you act upon it? You can't. And if you don't hear it and receive it, meaning hear it as God's word, you're always gonna you're always gonna be doing it wrong. You're gonna be doing it wrongly. And it's not for everybody to tell you exactly how to do things. See, oftentimes we want Moses to go up to that mountain and bring us those rules back and tell us exactly what to do. But that that removes the relationship we have with God. God wants to tell us how we should live. God wants to tell us how we should walk. God wants to lead us through the day. God wants to walk us through. And if we go to him and we and we don't listen to what he has to say and receive it and then trust and believe it, then what we're doing is we're hearing somebody else give us a set of rules for living. And that is removing God from the equation. And God just tells, he tells Cain, if you do well, will you not be accepted? Will it not be received? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you. But you should rule over it. What he's saying is you have the power over sin. And why do you have the power over sin? You've been given, you've given been given life. And you've been given God's word and God's word has power over everything. And you've been given truth and you've been given understanding. And if you've been given those things, you ought to be able to rule over it. You ought to be able to have power over it. He says, now Cain, he talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass. There's actually in in one of the newer manuscripts. And when I say newer, I'm talking about one of the manuscripts that was used for the Septuagint translation now. I know y'all don't even know what that means. Anyway, the Septuagint translation was the translation from Hebrew and Greek into one language. And the first language the whole Bible was translated into was Latin. And in one of the manuscripts they used for that, there's this phrase added that Cain talked with Abel and his brother and said, let us go to the field, which means it's premeditated. He considered it and he wanted, he was angry and noticed his anger toward God is manifest in his anger toward the world and everybody around him. He's angry with God, and now he's angry with everyone else. He's angry with God, and now he's angry with the whole world that's around him. And he says, now, angle, now he talked with his brother, and it came fast when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and he killed him. And this is what most people would consider the pinnacle of all uh, biblical crimes. It's actually, it's actually not the pinnacle of all biblical crimes. It's it, it, it but it, it is a sin that has a permanency to it. It's a sin that that can't be fixed or changed. Back. It is a knowing the law and breaking the law in such a way that that only God can fix this problem. And he says, now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and he came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and he killed him. He says, then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? Now notice, God's going to come to him now after he has not only uh, been upset with God about, about what he's done as far as his relationship with God, but he's also now destroyed his relationship with his family and his brother. And, uh, and that relationship is permanently marred 
because of what he's done. Oftentimes when we don't do what God has told us to do, our relationship with our relationship with God and our relationship with each other is permanently marred. It's scarred, not with God, but with each other. And Cain did that. Life is about relationships. And life is about, first of all, your relationship with God. But the law of love that we talked about last night is about loving your neighbor and loving each other as yourself and with the love that God has loved us with. And if you if you spend a lot of your life not listening to God, not hearing him, not walking in faith with him, you eventually spiral down to a place, even if you're a believer, you eventually spiral down to a place where you do things that are unimaginable to you months and years before that you would have never imagined that you would have done. But because a life not walked in faith leads to those things, <clears throat> it is very dangerous for a believer not to walk in faith with, with, those around, with God and with those around him. It says Cain killed Abel. So, no, so now notice we've gone from not doing what God said in the garden outside the garden, one of Adam and Eve's old, oldest child has killed the second born child, and, and uh, the family is permanently scarred by that. He says, then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the question to that, the answer to that is not just yes, but if we come full circle to God's law, the question is, should I be concerned for other believers to my detriment? And the answer has to be, yes. Yes, you should be. I want you to hear that this morning. The, the answer is, yes, you should be. And anything less than that is a selfishness and a lack of recognition of what Christ has done for you. You should be actively, regularly, caring about other believers, even to your detriment. That's what love each other as Christ loved us meant. Okay, I want you to hear that this morning. Christ loved us so much that he gave his life on the cross for us. You would have to say that was not the optimal thing that Christ wanted to do. And the way we know that's because in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was struggling with that. He struggled with it. Uh, he struggled with what he was going to have to do. In his humanity, he struggled with it. And by the way, the only way I can love my brother as myself, love each other in the church as I love myself, the only way for me to do that is to do it in my humanity. That's the that I have to do it as a person, as a human being. And sacrificial love is agape love. It's God's love. It is it is the love that makes the world. Uh, it's the love that gives life to the world. It's the love that is the light to the world. And the answer to his question is going to be one of those answers that rings throughout history. Am I my brother's keeper? And the answer is, yes, you are. Yes, you are. You have a responsibility to help your brother in his time of need. You have a responsibility to love your brother, even if you have conflict with him. You have a responsibility to love your brother even if you feel like they're getting the better end of the deal. You have a responsibility to love your brother, other believers. You have a responsibility to love them, even in the midst of their degradation and sin. You have a responsibility to care about them, even if there's not much about them to care about. There's not much about them to like. The question was asked last night, We can we love them but not like them? Yeah, you can, but that does not bring about God's agape love. It does not. He said, I do not know 
I am I, am I my brother's keeper? And God said this. God didn't even answer that question because the answer is, yes, you are. And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. And that's a principle too, by the way. The martyr's blood does cry out to God day and night. Those who've been killed uh, for Christ. And remember, his Abel, Abel was killed because he made a better sacrifice. He's killed because he heard God and did what God said. He was killed because he was chasing after God the way God had made it described. And because he was doing what God had said, his brother Cain, who was doing it his own way, who was approaching God under his own power, in his own mind, in his own way, he was, rather than going through the narrow gate, which is Jesus, he chose his own gate to go in. And there is no other gate to God. There's only one gate to get in. And so if you make, create your own gate, you're creating a false gate. You're creating a mirage, an illusion, a lie for you. He said, he said what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Notice, God knows when each and every one of his saints die. He knows exactly what's going on. And that crying out is going out through, going on throughout history. And it's what brings about the judgments of God in the book of the Revelation. He says, so now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. Notice. We were already under a curse. We were already under the curse of having to toil the ground and work the ground. Now he's under even a greater curse. Now, because he's not loved his brother, he's bound up even more. Notice that. There's a binding that's going on, and he was bound by because he did not hear God's word and receive it. Now he's, there's a binding going on because he's actively acted against God's law of love against his brother, and he's killed him. He says, now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth and received your brother's blood. When you till the ground, it, will, it won't even reveal its strength to you. It's not your work, your labors uh, against your labors against sin, your labors against the, the, the judgment of God because of your sin nature. It's not even going to yield a, a reward for you. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. Notice. <clears throat> Uh, what happens is that when we don't do what God's will is, there's time, there's a time that comes where you seem as if you're worse than those who do not even know God. And, and that's critical for a believer and especially young believers to understand is that <clears throat> Cain knew God, uh, Cain heard God, Cain rejected what God had to say, Cain did it his own way. And then once Cain did it his own way, he got mad because other people were doing it their way. And then he decided that he'd lash out not only at God, but he'd lash out at God's people. And ultimately, what did that lead to? That led to him being the worst of all that walked the earth. And I'm going to tell you that. For a person who has known God and known Christ and has rejected God's word and rejected God's people, they are more cursed than the ones who, who don't even know God. He says, when you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. And Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Surely you have driven me out this day from the face of the ground. I shall be hidden from your face. Notice he's saying, I'm going to be totally cut off from you, God. And you know what? That's how you feel when that happens. That's what goes on. This is a very stark and startling conversation that's being had here between Abel and God. 
Surely you've driven me out this day from the face of the ground. I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a bag of vagabond on the earth. And it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. Notice he killed his brother and his chief concern is for himself. And his chief concern is that what happened to his brother is going to happen to him. Sometimes that's the consequences of it. And the Lord said to him, therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest anyone finding him should kill him. Oftentimes, ignorant folks in the past have said that this, this is the mark of being black. The problem is all of Cain's descendants that we're going to talk about next week, all of Cain's descendants died in the flood. That's not it, okay? That's just not even really understanding scripture or just stopping at chapter four and not going to chapter six, five, six, and seven to even know what's going on. It's ignorant if you want to know the truth. And anybody who's ever said it's ignorant is all get out. I didn't say stupid. Ignorant. Didn't know. All right. He says, he's so notice that Cain is given a mark, and that is a spiritual mark. That is a spiritual understanding. And you know, I, I've been around folks who spiritually knew God. They had a relationship with God, but they kept choosing their own way all the time. Never chose God's way, never walked in God's promises, never understood God's way. And it seemed like there was always a mark on them. And that mark was a mark where you didn't trust them. You couldn't really use them in the body. You really had to keep them at an arm's distance because they were uh, they were always destructive rather than constructive. They were always destroying rather than building. And anything they built, it seemed, was being torn down just as quick as it was built. Sometimes I wonder when I've been around those type folks, I wonder if that's what the curse of Cain really is. That's the mark where a person sure has a relationship with God. Sure, they believe God, but the truth is they just keep doing it their own way. And they, they refuse to, to love their brother with self-sacrificial love. They All they do is care about themselves and their own position. And they find themselves uh, wandering around as vagabonds. We give them a better title today. A lot of times it's called church hoppers. Y'all ever been, y'all ever known some church hoppers? They hop here and hop there and hop here and hop there. And they can't really ever stay anywhere anymore in a year to 18 months, very most two, two and a half years. And they're hopping somewhere else. And the reason they are is because they destroy everything they touch where they're at and, and they can't be trusted. And eventually people figure out that you got to hold them at arm's distance because they're destructive in the church. I wonder if these are the wolves that are spoken of in the New Testament. And the people who, who just can't seem to do God's will, God's way. Hope that that's not the people that I pastor, although I've known many people who are that way. God's will is important, but doing it his way is important too. God's will, according to God's way, is where life is found. It's where purpose is found. Without it, there's nothing to be found. And I pray that'll be us today. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.